Hi people, my name is Giovanni Lombardo Radice the most boring and long name in the cinema industry. Everybody calls me Johnny and I'm here for Geeks of the Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next... Features, a horror discussion from geeksoftheindustry.com. And now your host, Chunky Larry. Greetings, fellow insomniacs, and welcome to another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on geeksoftheindustry.com. I am your host, my name is Chunky Larry. And in the early part of the 1980s, the budding collaboration between exploitation director Bruno Mattei and Claudio Fragasso bore the strangest of fruit, as they released a dystopian tale of survival when a band of marauders comes face to face with the consequences of nuclear war. The film, while vulnerable to mockery, holds the distinction of being a beacon of quality in the director's catalog. December 5th, 1984, Bruno Mattei's Rats, Night of Terror was released, burrowing its way into the belly of your subconscious. What do they want from us? Rats. Why are they man's enemy? Rats. They are watching and waiting. Rats. Their time has come. Ah! Ah! Here, 
Why do rats repel us? What is it about those little furry bodies that's so frightening? Just think of them close to you in the night. Under our feet, all around us. No! No! I don't want to die like that! No! They'll eat us alive! They'll kill us all! Kill all of us! For the last time, I'm warning you. Drop the guns, Kurt. Go on. Seething. Teeming millions, their little red eyes gleaming with rage and hunger, and they're waiting for you. We'll never get away. You two move that console and barricade yourselves in. No. I'll try to stop them. That's enough! And shut up! And do what you're told! That is an order! That is an order! Hey, I don't do that. It tickles. This is your night of terror. Here come the rats. You can't stop me now, and I'm taking Myrna with me. You bastard! This week on the show, we are continuing the theme of Schlock Timber. And I'm going to just say it. I've, I've now watched all of the films for this month uh, in preparation for recording these episodes. And um, 
This is my favorite of the four. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, and you know, as I had mentioned in last week's episode or the last episode, uh, Punk is gonna be riding shotgun for the entire month. So if you don't remember or you didn't hear last week's episode, first off, shame on you. But secondly, uh, my co-host for the month, Polonius Punk KST. How you doing, my good man? I'm doing great. Uh, um, yeah, I'm really pleased to be talking about this film. It's one of my favorites. And and this is the thing, man. Uh, you know, you have kind of, for the extent of our friendship, always extolled the virtues of Bruno Matai. Or Matei? Uh-huh. Is it Matei or Matai? Matai. Yeah, Matai, I think. Okay. So, um, I, have, I have seen now, this would be the third Matai film that I've seen. I'm I'm not the world's biggest Bruno Matai fan, but after this movie, I'm fucking <laughs> in. Like I'm. This is what got me. This is this is the one in, that this is the dude. one that hooked me. Yeah. yeah. No, this is this is a fucking special son of a bitch, and uh-huh. um, I I put together a brief, uh, well, maybe not so brief, but a uh, a biography on Bruno Matai. And uh, I'm, I'm going to, just before we get into synopsis and everything else, I just want to read this real quick, just because I think it's it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Bruno Mattei was born on July 30th, 1931 in Rome. Uh, his father owned a film editing studio, and when he was a young man, he studied at Centro Sperimentale Centrale. I, I know I ruined that, <laughs> uh, but it, it's a it's a film school, and he graduated in 1951. Uh, he originally worked as a screenwriter and uh, claimed that you know before he'd really gotten into filmmaking, he had edited over a hundred films. So he started directing in 1970 with Il Drama di una Sposa. And uh, after that film, he immediately jumped into exploitation films. He did, you know, non-exploitation, non-exploitation. Like, there's some it's stuff over, that I am absolutely going to be uh, diving deep into because uh, I, one thing that I don't think I've ever really brought to the surface about myself, I'm totally into nuns. Like that's. That's like a, <laughs> a weird sexual perversion that I'm all fucking for. Uh, so that's that's a that's a that series of exploitations that I definitely want to be getting into in matinee. So uh, well, that that's Matei, a, Matei's, um non-exploitation films are definitely um, yeah the, the the upper echelon of of the subgenre. And yes, uh, that's that's one of those things that I just. I, I've already got kind of a, an idea, like I've, I've focused my my eyes on one specific thing, and that's that is it. Like pretty much when we're done recording these shows, I'm going to dive deep into non-sportation, specifically the Bruno <laughs> Matai films. Is it Matei or Matai? We, we'll figure it it's out Matai. probably by it's the end. Matai. Of this. <laughs> every, every time I've heard him, I've, I've heard him referred to it's Matai. Okay, well. Um, in 1980, he started 
a 10-year collaboration with Claudio Fragasso, who um, their first film together was The Nun of Monza. And they worked together until 1990, um, doing their last film together, Three for One. And Fragasso, during that time, assumed several roles in the <laughs> Matai films. Uh, including, you know, screenwriter, second unit director, and, you know, a ton of other things. And, you know, that's, that is kind of the nature of independent film. Uh, most notably, he replaced Lucille Fulci as the director of Zombie 3, which we covered, which was uh, my second Matai film. The first was Robo War, uh, mm -hmm. which we discussed on Shit Film Sunday. I don't know if we mentioned that in the last episode, but it, it bears mentioning. And yeah. As soon as I play my SoundCloud SoundCloud bill again, you can you can hear that episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, it's a it's a fucking kick-ass episode. But not for nothing. Uh, back to Matai. Uh, after Zombie Three was released, he you know after he finished the unfinished film. He was then uh, able to co-produce and direct Zombie 4 After Death, which, um... So, uh... And that actually was directed by, uh... Fergasso. Uh, Claudio Fergasso directed uh, Zombie 4. It wasn't Matai. Uh, but he continued directing until 2007... Uh, working pretty much until the day that he died, and he ended up dying May 21st, 2007, at the age of 75, uh, due to complications uh, from a brain tumor surgery. And you know, he's one of those guys that I've, I've, you know, in doing my research, balanced so many different things in his films. They were always kind of genre bending films that mm -hmm. took elements from American films and kind of just just elements and then mixed them up into like a melting pot of bizarre. And yeah. and they they ultimately kind of became their own thing and, and that's exactly what this film that we're gonna be discussing is. Um so before we get into the discussion, we should also do the synopsis for Rats, Night of Terror. And uh, it goes as follows. In a post-apocalyptic Earth, a group of punk friends find themselves against millions of bloodthirsty rats. But the weirdest is yet to come. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Oh, oh, oh my god. Uh, certainly is, right? <laughs> this movie is... Fucking special, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, like, fucking special. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. It's, um, like I said, it, I mean, it's, it's probably my, it's my favorite Bruno Matai film, easily. Um, and it's probably, yeah, my favorite of the shitty films that I usually like. This one I come back to quite a lot. And, and, like every every element of this is just a winner you know it, it's right in that time of the dystopian post mad max 
films where everything was, yes. you know, following this great nuclear war, and, you know, mm-hmm. these different elements, you know, things that you're supposed to, you know, that, like, the currency has changed. Yeah, and, the, neo, the neo-primitive kind of post-apocalyptic era. And the, the, the names of the characters in the film are absolutely representative of a post-apocalyptic society. Um, there are names yeah. like Lucifer, Deuce, Duke, Video, Video. Taurus, yeah. and Kurt. <laughs> Kurt. Kurt is played by Barry Gibb. From yes! 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 <laughs> and Just... uh, I think it was I think it was the guy that plays Yeah, I think it's the guy that plays Taurus. Massimo. Mm-hmm. Massimo Vanni. Um he is the cousin of uh Enzo G. Castieri, who is the director of the Bronx Warriors. And this film is um, often, I know in Germany it was released as uh, Riffs 3, and Riffs was the German name for uh, the Bronx Warriors films, Riffs and Riffs 2. And, mm-hmm. and this is, yeah, this is released as Riffs 3 over there. Which, I, I mean, do German people just not understand plot? <laughs> like, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, randomly, you know, oh, this separate part of the Bronx Warriors. They're just rats that are fucking. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's Night of the Living Dead, but with rats in and yes, an the, entirely different part of. Yeah, I don't understand the the connection there. This movie is Mad Max meets Night of the Living Dead. You're absolutely right because yeah, uh, just structurally the way that the the movie plays out is full on taking on all of the everything. Of Night of everything the is yeah, they're they're rats instead of zombies. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like you know you've got the you've got the young upstart who wants to kind of uh, the opportunistic guy who wants to kind of take over leadership and sees this as a an opportunity to do so and you've got the the, the permanently screaming girl yes oh sweet Jesus literally everything um, and yeah the I, conveyor be- belt of rats that's that's. <laughs> Straight up, my favorite shit. Like when it's, it looks they they don't they don't even look like fucking living things. It, have you ever seen like Babes in Toyland, where they have you know like it's like a almost like a claymation version of it, but they have the soldiers coming on this like conveyor belt. Like that was what I was thinking when I was watching this, <laughs> and it's like. No way, in any way, not even, you know, by the standards of when this film was released, could anybody have suspended the disbelief from that moment. Or <laughs> or when they take buckets of rats and just pour them on people. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's literally what they're doing, is just... Uh, was, um, Mata- apparently, Matai, in the, in the DVD extras... <laughs> I shit you not. There's DVD extras. Um, Matai says that they're um, guinea pigs, painted guinea pigs, but no, they're not. They're rats. No, those they're are straight rats. up rats. Those yeah. are rats, yeah. And they just, I mean, literally every time someone's killed by rats, it involves them, yeah, having a bucket of rats. <laughs> and, and it's it's, it's kind of great. 
Um, like there, there is there is a a fear, and it's called musophobia, um, which is you know from the Greek pronunciation of mouse, uh, but it's the fear of rodents, specifically mice and rats, and um, I am straight up in that fucking ballpark. Like I have I have a handful of fears, and um, mm-hmm. you know it's you know I'm deathly afraid of heights. And just like insanely, for whatever reason, like there's no logic behind it, but rodents just fucking buckle me. Like I, I <laughs> if I see a rodent, I'm frozen, like paralyzed by fear. Uh, so this movie checks off a couple of really just serious things, just in in my own personal mind as far as my fears so uh, i think that part of that element of you know my own mindset and psyche played a big part in my enjoyment of the film Mm -hmm. but then you have things like you know the girl in the sleeping bag who's stuck in the sleeping bag (laughs) who has the rat enter her vagina yeah and exit her mouth (laughs) Yeah. She's trying to oh. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god. Uh, That's a patient <laughs> actress right there. The... <laughs> I just... When it happened, it was like... Wow, are they really fucking having this mouse climb in her vagina right now? Uh-huh. Yep, they're having yeah, a mouse climb in her vagina. <laughs> oh, they, they're going there. They're going... No, they're, they're embracing completely. Yeah, uh, it's it's spectacular, and you know. Then on top of that, when uh, I forget what his name is, was it uh, Taurus, who was the other person that had rats crawl inside of him? Yeah, and explode out of his back. They explode out of him. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! They that somehow, moment is they so kind of fucking cool. Him, they somehow get him to projectile explode and stand well, and that, walk well, yeah stand walk upstairs <laughs> and then explode rats uh, uh, and this is the thing is that you know I I did not go into this movie expecting entertainment like or quality or anything of that ilk like I, I straight up thought this is gonna be a dumbass movie it's gonna have <laughs> no fucking like anything of value because I'd watched Zombie 3 you know and I just I thought that that movie was flat out just uh, retarded is a mean word so something that rhymes with pretarded yeah it's like like, um, yeah I mean Zombie 3 is like almost like they're playing at making a movie yeah and making it up as they go along, but this, this, it, no, this, this has some thought behind it. Claudio Fregasso did the um, lion's share of the writing, um, but it was, it was all kind of Matei's idea. That he, 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 he flat said that he was, he was inspired by um, Night of the Living Dead. He wanted to kind of make a Night of the Living Dead, but with rats. That was, that was his intention. And um, yeah, Fugasso gave us the ending because Fugasso is really good at those bleak 
He's the one that came up with that fucking zombie DJ, right? He came up with the zombie DJ, yeah. Yeah, go DJ, zombie DJ. (laughs) 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 Um, But, you know, there, there are these elements that really are fucking interesting. Like, obviously, you know, in the future year of 2015, um... Mankind has finally destroyed itself in the midst of nuclear war, which, you know, maybe they were off by a couple of years. I mean, with the way that things are going, maybe they were off by a couple of years. Yeah, literally <laughs> a couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, is it 150 years after that? Yeah. It's 100, it's easily, something like that. Uh,. You know, but the guy somehow remembers playing video games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Uh-oh. using a payphone. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> yeah. There's people now that don't remember using a payphone. Yeah! <laughs> you mean there were booths where phones were? That seems <laughs> stupid. Anyway, uh... But, you know, so that, that was actually kind of the point that I was going to get to is that, you know, even though they are 150 years from 2015, that faraway future year, um, there's elements that seem derivative of the early 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know if that's necessarily just because they could not you know, write something in the in the vein of the future. Uh, but it, it it still works and you look past it, but they they do things you know, the the idea is that, you know, there are they've lived underground to, you know, avoid the radiation. But there are you know, those of the survivors that decided that they were tired of living underground and they they go up to the surface. They're considered to be, you know, lesser of human beings, like almost like cavemen. And uh, the the people that live underground are more evolved and advanced, and they look down on the surface dwellers. Which that concept in and of itself is is really interesting and cool. It, it you know it could have explored this, that, couldn't they? This class know, system they? that they could have, yeah, exactly, easily explored. <laughs> uh, it almost felt like um, the sequel to Planet of the Apes, which I believe was beneath the Planet of the Apes, um, um, where they had that society of people that lived underground and worshipped the nuclear bomb, and it, like that fucking worked in that film, and they could have done something to that effect, but I, I think budgetarily, they they couldn't achieve that. So, they ended up just giving you a gut punch of a fucking ending to tie that together. Uh, yeah. But, then you, when you see these these surface dwellers that are looked at as, like, cavemen, they're like, you know, punks, and they, they all have motorcycles and trucks and gasoline, even though this is a post-nuclear... Holocaust, where everything is, you know, destroyed, they're able to still maintain gas. 150 years after the nuclear holocaust, there's still gasoline floating around. Whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> whatever. Uh, but they they happened upon this town, and they, the town where they shot this was actually uh, the sets that they used for Once Upon a Time in America, mm-hmm. which I thought was fucking interesting because it's crazy, huh? It, well, they they didn't really make it look like something where a town was ripped to shreds by nuclear war. No, it just looked a bit dirty and a bit yeah. kind of abandoned. Yeah. It, didn't, yeah, it, looked it didn't more look like, like a ghost town. Blitzed. So, um, but but the thing is that they, they created this idea where, you know, this society had started creating these uh, this this system of sustenance where they were growing uh, vegetation and plant life as well as purifying water, rainwater. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that element was really fucking cool. And they, you know, they have one of the guys that's just really in love with the idea. He, just, he comes off as kind of a hippie. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's just like everybody else has left the room, but he just cannot let this go. Like, he's just in love with it. And he's so upset when the rats get into the water. <laughs> like, he's so upset. Like, he, he was more upset about that than, you know, being killed by the rats. Just like, yeah. no, man, not the water. <laughs> being set on fire and... It's him that gets set on fire with the It is. Thrower. Yeah, he yeah. survives being attacked by the rats only to be set on fire with a flamethrower. And you clearly, you know, Kurt is named Kurt because, you know, Kurt Russell and The Thing. And they're they're clearly going for elements of The Thing with that. And it just, again, nice touch. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked that touch, you know? And I, I, I watched this movie not taking it seriously, which allowed me to appreciate that. Yeah. But I think it's time, Mr. Punk, that we, we talk about the ending of this film. We're not going to talk about finding the food and the flower. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> we, haven't also, we also haven't talked about Jaretta Jaretta. Yeah. And, um, now, Jaretta Jaretta is in a lot of um, Bruno Matthias films. Yes. And she, um, she does a lot of the... Uh, she did a whole series of post-apocalyptic films. Yeah, she was in. Um, she was like the leader of the, like the badass marine guys in um, Terminator Two. Terminator Two, you say? Terminator Two, yeah. Uh, we're talking about the James Cameron film, right? No, we're talking about um, we're talking about Bruno Mattei's Terminator Two. Everyone, mm. knows, everyone knows Bruno Mattei directed Terminator Two, right? Bruno Mattai directed Terminator... I thought it was James Cameron. No, Bruno Mattai directed Terminator 2 and ripped off Aliens. You see, that makes more sense. (laughs) 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 That makes way more sense. Um, There's a a, an Italian knockoff... Well, knockoff sequel to Terminator that came out not long after Terminator called Terminator 2. It's also known as Shocking Duck. It's actually another awesome movie. Um, but it, it probably bears more resemblance to Aliens than Terminator 2. But uh, yeah, uh, but Jaretta Jaretta, 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 sorry, 
is in that also. Uh, she's the, like the kind of the Sigourney Weaver character in that. Now that makes sense. Like way too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and, know, Terminator Two, the aliens rip off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Terminator Two, the rip off of aliens. Uh, That's my <laughs> just I I I love Jarena Jarena, and uh, I'm trying desperately to get her onto the show uh, this month. If it happens, it'll, I, I will definitely let everybody know. But uh, yeah, Matai and Jarena Jarena working together is magic, and they they named her character Chocolate. Yeah. Which, which is, you're able to look past it pretty yeah. much until the point where they find this food, this boxed food. And in the boxed food, there is <laughs> um, flour and sugar. Yeah. And, and they lose their goddamn minds over sugar. Even though they, you know, again, 150 years after nuclear war, shouldn't really know what sugar is. Mm-mm. Fair, uh, <laughs> uh, but she she finds this flower and she covers herself in it and says, "Look, you guys, I'm white. I'm whiter than you. I'm whiter than you all." <laughs> Jesus. And then starts dancing. <laughs> well, t- t- immediately forgets how to dance as well. So well, she really she really was whiter than yeah. me. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. She sure was, dude. <laughs> Um, it's it's one of those moments that's just downright special but not nearly as special as the ending good lord the ending alright so we we have now been you know because we're following the template of Night of the Living Dead but we're also trying to follow the template of the thing and Mad Max just just keep that in mind before we Mm -hmm. go any further um, it, it's four of them. One of them is looks like a Hare Krishna, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's got like some weird future thing on his forehead. And then you know, Kurt, <laughs> and they're they're all they're all surrounded by these rats. Uh, you know, Kurt essentially sacrifices himself to save everybody else, and. It's kind of at this point that um, we see these these men in suits that look very reminiscent of Zombie Three, um, which is very reminiscent of the Crazies, the, the bodysuit gas mask, yeah. containment unit group. And we uh, haven't quite ripped off enough enough films yet. Let's throw mm, the Crazies in at the yeah, end. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we'll, we're not even just ripping off the crazies. We're ripping off Zombie Three, which ripped off the crazies. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, this this group of people come from underground. So we're finally getting our first glimpse of the advanced underground society, and they have these you know, systems put in place to kill all of. The rodents, all of the rats, they, they have this gas system that's killing them all. So you think, oh, the cavalry's here to save the day. Now, mind you, video, who, they, they find this computer, and the computer 
he's able to figure it out um, to get the computer on to play this audio clip of what you know is essentially um, like the people that existed there that had created these self-sustaining uh, food systems uh, and they basically say that the rats you know eat humans and they feel that it's their right to eat the humans yeah and so it's video and chocolate and they're the only ones still alive and they are essentially saved by the underground uh don't call us the soldiers from the crazies soldiers from the crazies <laughs> and uh <laughs> They, they, you know, you think, okay, everything's hunky fucking dory. The world is, the world is going to be safe again. And, you know, the rats, thank, thank goodness, are finally defeated. And <laughs> they, they take video and chocolate outside and they thank them, you know, for saving their lives. When one of, one of the underground dwellers uh, takes his mask off. <laughs> Go on to reveal that he too is a fucking rat. They're all giant rats. They're like... giant fucking bipedal rats. That <laughs> understand English. Humanoid rats. Yep. It's fucking cuckoo bananas bonkers off the wall crazy special huh and then we get chocolate screaming her head off and Finn 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 <laughs> you don't get to say Finn after you do that <laughs> no 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 <laughs> How fucking dare you! <laughs> yep, just leave you with that and bye! Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, dude, that, my friends, is Rat's Night of Terror. Some special sauce, man. Night of the Living Rats. Night of the Living Rats. Holy Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it's time to get into Reapers, my man. Yeah, it is. And uh, it gets the full compliment from me. Well, this because I thing. just I just love this film so fucking much. This is the thing. Uh, the Reaker scale is different from the Reaper scale. Okay. Reaker scale, you do not want to get the full five. <laughs> you don't want to get five Reakers. Is that like a heel getting cheered? Is that what you? Yeah, you you. Full five means you're the shittiest of the shitty. Okay. And I'm gonna say it right now. This is a good fucking movie. Yeah. It's it's yeah. weird and silly and genre bending is all fuck off. It but touches yeah, it touches it touches on it. it. It flirts with it. Like most of Matei's films, there's there's certain things going on in there that you're like, that's that's quite an inventive premise that you found there and and but it, it's just the execution that usually lets it down but I'm, I'm gonna say it like i was so fucking enthralled with this movie like 
usually when I watch something of this caliber, like I can do other things like play on my phone or you uh-huh. know, whatever it is that I need to do. I gave this my full fucking attention. Like, did not. I was just, I was just in. Like, this is this is easily one of the best bad movies I've ever fucking seen. And it's it's clearly bad. You know, it's clearly bad because just you know, borrowing from other films. Yeah, you know, the the it's an Italian film that was translated into English. You know, so the dubbing isn't isn't spectacular, um, but it has so much going on for it, it, and so much interesting elements that I'm gonna go one Rico. Which oh, is all right, it's a little too good for you. Is that what you're saying? It's too good to be bad. <laughs> I think it's just bad enough to be bad. I, I and you know I was really like because I was I was putting it together in my head of where I was gonna land with the Reekers and mm-hmm. and like I said you know I I did not want to score this super high because scoring it super high di- it, dismisses its quality. It's if I were to guys, scale this on a Reaper, I would give it a three point five. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, yeah it's I a, would I would I would too I would too I I, I think that's a that's a fair. Um, that would be a fair score to give it if we were, yeah, like you say, if we were talking normal, <laughs> normal people's films. Now, uh, now this is the funny thing. Uh, Zombie Three, if I remember correctly, got one reaper uh-huh. from me. Now Rats Night of Terror gets one reaker from me. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so this is this is way this is way better than Zombie this is, Three. This is you know. It, Based on the different scale of judgment, that's that's saying something. It's it's an infinitely enjoyable film, and I know that you know we spoiled the shit out of that the film, but we warn you every week. You know, watch the movie before we discuss it, because that's that's kind of what we do on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was not expecting to enjoy this as no. much as I did but I thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. Like, so much so that I am fully committed to going into his back catalog and watching the rest of his work. Oh, you should. You know... I'm surprised you haven't seen Hell of the Living Dead. And that's... You know, I I talked about how great it was on Facebook and Mike Murphy from the Badass Boobs and Body Counts podcast. He had even said, he was like, you clearly haven't seen Hell of the Living Dead. Mm. So, um... That might also be making its way into May of the Dead, not for nothing. Yeah, um, I mean, that's 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 again that's that's a that's a pretty decent, a solid little um, schlocky zombie zombie film. So yeah, I, I just I really thought this was fantastic. Um, I thought that the performances, in spite of it being you know an Italian film, really register. You know what I mean? Because usually yeah. with when when you watch something with dubbing, it kind of loses something, you know, and that's why typically when I watch a foreign film, I like to watch it in the language that it was intended for, just because you yeah. get more of a performance punch, um, listening to it in its natural language. But this works, like, it, it cooks on all cylinders, and it's, it's not one of those films that necessarily lives and dies by its dialogue. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> nah. Yeah. It's it's really kind of the ideas that they're trying to convey and the way that they really put the film together. And this is a very well put together. But let's uh-huh. let's get the fuck out of here because I, I literally think I could continue talking about this movie. It's that movie. I could I could easily go another hour on this film. Yeah, I, and it's like very Bruno, and Bruno Mattei generally. I, I I just love his stuff. His action films. Uh, I mean, it, it that's kind of where his that's where his his main kind of wheelhouse seems to be in blowing shit up and you see that you see that watching this movie that this is an action director he just happens to be dipping his toe into horror all all of his friends are doing it yeah (laughs) (laughs) so where can they find you punk uh you can find me on the facebook um usually dotted hanging around the geeks in the industry page um you can find homewrecker my graphic design on facebook um and yeah potentially keep your peepers peeled for something from me coming soon maybe maybe if you're good i i think i know what you're talking about and i'm excited you're talking about what i think you're talking about that's what i'm talking about yeah Uh, if you're interested in uh, Creature Features, this is your first episode. If you want to find out more about the show, you can do that in a couple of different ways. Uh, start off by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash CreaturePod, by following us on Twitter and Instagram at CreaturePod. Uh, you know, if if merch is something that you're interested in, um, you know, geeksoftheindustry.spreadshirt.com, you can get Creature Feature t-shirts. It's not something I toss out there very often. But you could absolutely fucking be a part of that and get it into your life. Uh, you know, I, I think this month I'm just not going to plug other shows. Uh, it's not that I that I hate on other shows or anything like that, but you've heard me plug, if you listen to the show, uh, all of these other fucking horror podcasts to death. And I just, you know, this month I think we're just going to stick with talking about shitty movies that, you know, we either love them. And uh, so we're going to keep that theme going with our next fucking feature, which um, I'm just going to say I loved a lot less than this fucking movie. (laughs) So, uh, you know, make sure you watch it before we fucking talk about it next week, because we will be talking about Jack Frost 2 Return of the Mutant Killer Snowman. And hmm. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I'm sure if you were to guess which one of us came up with this one, you'd <laughs> be able to figure it out. Um, I but... apologize for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but for Felonious Punk Cassie and for myself again, my name is Chunky. This has been another episode of the Creature Features Podcast. On geeksoftheindustry.com, Stitcher, and iTunes. Listen, someone you trust.
Counts is a weekly podcast that discusses all things Grindhouse, exploitation, drive-in, and B-movies. Your three hosts, Mike. We're, we're going to discuss the Rene Martinez-directed picture, the $6,000. What? Time, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the name of the Super movie. Super Soul that's, Brother. That's the name. When you that's start the movie. DVD cover. When you start the movie, the first thing that that's comes up says. is the title, and it says $6,000. Mark. And I've been around a girl stroking a horse's dick. Somehow, somewhere down the line, I'm going to use that clip against you. Shh. <laughs> Please do. And listener favorite, Iris. The deployment sock. And I'm like, deployment sock? What the fuck is a deployment sock? He goes, you know, you know that sock that you just use? Oh, my God. You guys are so gross. <laughs> See, so it happens for real. People do come inside. We'll make you question your political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop Sunday and can be found by searching for BB and BC Podcast via iTunes, Lipson, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and everywhere else you can download quality podcasts from. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at bbnbcpodcast.com. Oh, 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 oh,